1: How's it going, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for sharing, for making this a part of your life. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation that we had with former Green Bay Packers cornerback, special teams ace Jarrett Bush. Hard-pressed to find somebody who just worked harder than Jarrett Bush throughout his decade in the NFL, just uh, Unbelievably hard worker, as as you'll find out, a Super Bowl champion had an interception in that Super Bowl on Ben Roethlisberger in 2010. So I hope you enjoy this. We talked about Bush's career, his rise, how he kind of beat the odds, and then of course the current Green Bay Packers. He's still living in Green Bay, analyzing the team, and, and has his pulse on everything out there in Green Bay. So you know what can these Packers draw from those Packers? I think is a good theme for this show because it's been a while since the Packers won a Super Bowl. Obviously. Uh, As always, this podcast is powered by Fatty Beer Company, several locations throughout Western New York, in addition to Rochester, Columbus. uh, We did this episode at the Hamburg location, and we're also going to be at the Orchard Park location. So be sure, go golongtd.com, refresh it Monday mornings, we'll let you know exactly where we're going to be for our subscribers, uh, so you can hang out with us, have a beer, talk some football, and enjoy our guests. So Without further ado, and obviously this was on Zoom, Jarrett Bush isn't living in Buffalo, so some of our guests are going to be in person, some of our guests will be on Zoom, but uh, this was a lot of fun, hope you enjoy. Here is Jarrett Bush. All right, ladies and gents, we are joined now on the Go Long podcast by I don't use this lightly. I know we like to blow some smoke up our guests, you know what, but this man right here, Jared Bush, was an absolute joy to cover when I was on the Green Bay Packers beat. There was a magnetic pull to his locker, uh when we we're just kind of slumming around in there because Jared, I mean, you always had something insightful to say. You were willing and, and just you wanted to talk. You know what I mean? It was just—I yeah. think it's just your personality. You're just such an engaging dude, but um, also beyond. But beyond that, just be, being a good person. I'm not sure I've, I've ever met somebody in football who squeezed as much out of your, you know, God-given ability and your, your talents than, than you did. I mean, nobody worked harder than Jared Bush at twelve sixty-five Lombardi. So, I think he kind of left a legacy there. But, anyways, Jared Bush, longtime Green Bay Packer, special teams ace, DB. A lot of moments to get into. Pleasure to have you here.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks
1: for having me on, Tyler. Yeah. How's life? Where are you at these days?
2: So, cool. yeah, I'm, so I'm still in Green Bay, and uh, she met a pretty girl, man, and I think she loves me, so here I am, Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> wow, so a local right there in Green Bay, and then decided yeah. to, to put the roots down.
2: Yeah, yeah, mean it's... It's easy here, man, um, you know, the schools, hospitals, the, the people here, um, right, you don't have to drive very far. You got Milwaukee, you got Chicago, you know, in close distance, proximity to you. And, uh, you know, it's a family town, it's safe. You don't have to worry about any riffraff going on. You know, you, you have, I got my kids, you know, I, the kids go outside and play, I don't have to worry about anything happening to them because the neighbors kind of self police. Life is good, man. Except for the cold, that's the only thing I will say. But I did get into skiing. Uh, Skiing has been another joy to kind of get into after football, right? I don't have to worry about any injuries or anything. So skiing has definitely been uh, another part of my life. Going up to the mountain.
1: I like it. You know, honestly, I've told you this. I could have lived in Green Bay, Wisconsin the rest of my life, too. The people are amazing. Uh, I mean, you got everything you want there, obviously. But you're interesting, Jared, because like early in your career, like you were the whipping boy for these fans, like these these locals. I mean, you were an easy target. You're, you know, you're the nickel DB, so the spotlight's on you. And then, I guess winning the Super Bowl will do it. Catching an interception in the Super Bowl will do it. At, at some point, you became this beloved Green Bay Packer, and they, they love you out there. Now, and you decide to live in Green Bay the rest of your life. So, how, how do you go from point A to point B? That's
2: a good question. Well. When I first retired, I really loved living in the Bay, but then as I lived in certain areas, so I lived in Chicago for two years, I lived in Arizona for two years, and I knew I didn't want to go back home just because I didn't want to go back home um, for whatever reason. And for something just kept calling me here. I don't know what it was. You can you say it was a spirit. You can say it was just my gut instinct. And it, I think it just allows me just kind of slow down. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I think some of the bigger cities, you can you can get you can get caught up in a lot of stuff and distractions from your real goals. And I think just the networking. I think the people, the organization, uh, the right the networking I, I, that I uh, developed in my playing career was was really pivotal. And just understanding that that network was going to allow me to again increase in. Uh, catapult me with the pedestal that I already had being a former NFL player. Um, I look forward to So I got a TV show with Burke Griffin. I'm not sure you ran into him in the locker room. So we do a locker room live. And um, hopefully one day I can stand up on you in and, and get, you know, lock in a contract. I think I would love to do that. And just talk green, go forward. Just talk football in general. You know, kind of just break it down and um, go that route there. And as well, just have the pleasure to be two little girls.
1: It's a lot of work right there. I
2: always is.
1: love it when you guys join the dark side too, right? It's, it's, but you you were, you were born for it though. You were always a charismatic dude who liked to talk ball.
0: It, it, I, did. I think you've always yeah, had I that in your head. Yeah. Yeah. The dark side.
1: Wait, did I join the dark side? You joined the dark side <laughs> Was I ever
2: on
0: the good side as a front office no, member? Was
2: you I were always, a normal human being. I was always yet. on the dark side. Yeah, there. as a front office, you're always on the dark side. <laughs> okay, that's what I wanted to... That led me right into my next
0: question. So you're undrafted coming out. Say Green Bay, you know, gives you your opportunity. Did you ever know this like the guys that scouted you, the front office, like the uh Gutekus was probably director. Guticus is probably a Southeast scout back then. Right. Oh, now six, he's yeah. the GM, yeah. But did you ever know much about the scouts or the front office guys? Not yeah,
2: really. Yeah, I did. Uh put here through the grapevine, you hear for instance, like player development people, or you yeah. would hear some okay. and they would they would kind of trip in your ear, like, "Hey, so Ted Thompson was the guy who was the GM when I played, right? Oh, uh, right. no doubt. But yeah. I found out through through the grapevine that he was an undrafted player himself. And when when they said that, I was like, I got a shot, I got a shot, because he understands. He understands the work ethic. He understands." so when the, when the when the chips are stacked against you he understands the politics he understands the opportunities are limited when you're undrafted cuz your investment is smaller so you're not you're not the rose you're not the pretty rose that they're trying to care for and trying to cultivate you know you're you're kind of like this flower over here where it's like okay if you grow great but if you don't we're okay either either way you know so um,
0: it's almost better – people don't understand this. I don't know if you did when you were coming out, but it's almost better to be undrafted than to be a sixth or a seventh-round pick sometimes because – Although
1: the, the team he picked, though, gave up on him,
0: right? Carolina. Oh, first team was Carolina. That's yes. right. It was Carolina. My fault. No. That was fault. I mean, you're, you're right, though. Green Bay, they claimed you off waivers, didn't they? Didn't Green Bay, like, kind of – yeah. Well,
2: uh, I think they, they tried to hide me on practice squad from what I heard from the D- coaching staff. And okay. my eighth time, um, and I guess I I didn't clear waivers. I guess Green Bay did their homework, and they, they, right, that's, they a, that's the
0: preseason. That's, yeah,
2: preseason, and they're like, "Hey, we think this this is the guy that that's can help works. us." Yeah, and so I got picked up. I had no idea where I was going when I got <laughs> playing to Green Bay, Wisconsin. But they had a professional football team. That was it. And so way I you live, Now you live there. Now, that's life.
0: That's football, right there.
2: Right? Uncertainty. Uncertainty, right, uncertainty, 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 and being comfortable in that uncertainty. Um, right, I think a lot of people, right, can can make people tremble. But I think it was a thrill. I mean, I had I got I had my dream job playing NFL football, and so right when there's uncertainty and you still have enthusiasm, but job. I mean, there was no fear there.
1: So where did that? comfortability and uncertainty really come from for you, Jared, because, I mean, for people who don't know, I mean, Jared Bush was the guy at training camp when everybody was walking back or biking back to the locker oh, room. Really? I still remember you putting that weighted vest on, right, just backpedaling, doing drills out on your own, just just drenched with sweat. I mean, this is every day. This is as early as the two-day era. I mean, think you're on for those two days as well, but... yeah. My God! My God! You, you poured your 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 blood, your sweat, your tears into this thing more yep. than anybody that I saw at camp. So where yep. where does that really come from for you? Like, what, what motivated you? What What are the roots of
2: that? Well, I think just the drive. I think it comes it comes from just maybe my childhood, just being the younger brother, trying to outshine, always trying to outshine my older brother. He was he ended up being a doctor. Uh. Right, he's a PhD, and so he's Dr. Bush. And I wasn't a big school guy, but I was like, <laughs> I got to find some, some way, somehow, to outsign him because <laughs> he abused the brain. Act. And on top of those layers, I think I, re- I just really wanted to succeed in NFL football. Just seeing, you know, Dion, Jerry Rice, Emmett, some of the guys I used to emulate, idols, right? Um. And my high school football, we didn't win much. And when I ran track and field, we won a ton. So I was like, man, what's the deal? Like, what's going on here? You know, like, why Why is it Why is it track and field? We're, like, state, right? Top five in the state in football, like, we're here. And I think I just had something to prove. I was like, man, I can play. I know I can play. I had the self-belief that I knew I can play at the D1 level. And, then I won, you know, once I got the D1 level, I was like, let's, let's up to Annie, see see what the NFL prospect looks like. And there was some uh, some awe factor, right, when you step into that room, right, seeing, you know, Steve Smith and George Fox and Pepper. But at the same time, you have, that kind of, kind of goes by the wayside, let me have a job. I'm here, I'm here today. I'm Jared Bush. Nice to meet you. I'm six foot. Yeah, I, I'm 4'3", four, 4'4", four, four, You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, yeah, I went to Utah State, this and that and the third, but I'm here to stay And I have my foot in the door What did it say Once you get a foot in the door You try to slide your body in there You know right, So,
1: right. <laughs> That's what you did I mean that, Take us through the interception In the Super Bowl You know It's yeah. probably the play That defined your career Right I mean that that's the one That maybe We'll be We'll be seeing for For years For decades And if you don't pick off Ben Roethlisberger In that moment I don't know if the Packers Win that Super Bowl So what, what, what did you see How did that go down
2: yeah, man, so I saw that play on film, right? I saw that play maybe about a week ago. I was like, man, this seems like a routine throw. Like he is this empty, right? No running backs in the backfield. It went receiver, receiver, tight end, Heath Miller, and then it went running back receiver. And it's just a it's just a routine third down. I kept seeing it pop up after game, after game, after game in the same area of the field, like maybe like the forty and, forty and the forty, you know. It seems it's very routine. And it's Mike Wallace. Wallace And, um, you know, you have the DB trailing against Mike Wallace. it's And so I was sitting in the middle of the dime back, and Dom Capers calls a a fire zone. It allows me to play the three receiver hooks, which basically I play like a linebacker, just playing any low route. And,. I missed it during practice. I was I was pissed. I'm not gonna lie. I missed it, and A-Rod, A-Rod was throwing it, and I was I got so enthusiastic. Dog oh, dog gone it like I missed it, but I was like, you know what? Hey, Jared, in the game, if they come out, I remember when they came out. I was like, this is it, this is it, and and with preparation, all that fear went away, which is crazy. And I remember Dom Capers. So he always talked about like. Or more over-prepared you were, the more confident you became on the football field. And that held true. That's saw that formation. Now, as they trickled to the line of scrimmage, I was like, this is it. All I can do is make them bait it, make them throw it, and make the play. Now, easier said than done, but I just took a few steps back. He hiked the ball. So Mike comes across, and it's right it's right in, uh, in Ben Roethlisberger's burger's vision, and he threw a dart, and I dumped that. The red.
1: And that was shortly after Charles Woodson went down, right?
2: Uh, Woodson was still in at that point. He was still in at that point. I think he went, he went in. He went down later on that that quarter, right? Which, yeah.
1: Talk about a pressure-packed moment. You lose yeah. your your defensive player of the year just the year before. You know, then then you're the nickel guy, right? And,
2: yeah, yeah. I think that one of the biggest things when when I was in the Super Bowl, when I, when I made that interception was, like, I was, I was pumped up and excited, but I was like, man, it, it's, it's not going to be the same if, if we don't win this game. Right, like, right, yeah. like, telling the story now, it's a whole lot different, right? <sighs> I could tell the same story, and we lost. <laughs> it, it's not going to have as much fun. But I was like, Jerry, you got to win this game. You got to win the game first like it, okay you got to win the game and then you can celebrate you know so i think that was the biggest thing like that was that was our goal right one heartbeat one sound one team one goal right that was our motto
1: what did i mean so you follow the team closely obviously you you played for another four seasons but yeah. what did that team really possess that you know, the next 10, 11 teams have been chasing, right? Because I think when you won that Super Bowl, we all assumed the Packers are just going to be back in this game again and again and again. But yeah. being on that team, that defense, what what do you think it was that that you guys really had that maybe
2: they're, they're still trying to find as a team? I think just the resilience, the resilience to, you know what I'm saying? Because I think we had like 12 to 15 guys on IR at that time you know what I'm saying so we we definitely got bit by the injury bugs and we were still playing at a really high level A-Rod was in his prime and right we had a rookie running back James Starks we had <laughs> Andrew Buffalo. Corliss that's right right he's from yeah. Buffalo right uh Andrew Corliss cause Jerry Michael Finley was, was on IR um I think Donald Driver got hurt Charles Woodson got hurt Right. Uh, Ryan Grant was on uh, was on IR. That's right. Uh, Brandon Chiller. Brandon Chiller was on IR. Nick Barnett was on IR. I can go down the list. I think Colin, I think Colin was Morgan Burnett, Um, Morgan Burnett. He was, yeah, he tore his ACL. Um, So I think this is the resilience and and you got to give credit to the front office. There you go. There's There's the good side. There you go. The good side, the front office, they brought in guys off the street that could play. They. Everybody's always been one of the better teams. I always felt like with undrafted or picking
0: guys like you off in preseason, team was going to try to stash you on the P squad. Nope, we'll take you. They were good like that, right? So they're prepared for injuries. That's it's it's good that you notice that though, because it is. It's a sign of a good front office when you don't skip a beat and continue to your you know for your goal.
2: Correct. Correct. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and good guys too not only could they play they were good guys you know so yeah yeah sure. give, give them a lot of credit for their evaluation process and as well as their character you know so it matters yeah. It yeah matters. top notch top notch yeah. Jerry, you just flip your uh
1: camera by chance you're upside down to us there we go perfect All i feel right. like i sorry <laughs> really <good. laughs> just to, so most people are listening but um so you're you're watching, you're analyzing the current team is is all right in the world, or you know, with the Bears are, are rebuilding. Obviously, they're not trying to really win this rebuild. rebuilding now
0: for too long. You got at some point we got <laughs> right. the Bears aren't rebuilding. They stink. I just got done watching them again. I, and let me take that back. I just to your point though. Yeah, like they need. I mean, there is rebuilding, and there is like, can they just get out of their own way? Right. But go ahead. So, Sorry, I cut you off no, no, I didn't mean to I, cut you off.
2: No, if I can take you back off that, like, when's the rebuilding process going to end? And, like, when are you going to continue to be a, uh, a Super Bowl contending team? I think one formula I think you have to look back at was when they had Devin Hester as a rookie with Rex Grossman. Uh, they beat us. Else? I
0: was with the Saints. That's right. They beat the us in the NFC in 2006.
2: Right. Right. And so I thought they were a good team, man. You got Devin Hester. He ran it back, I think, for the kickoff, that Super Bowl game. Um, Rex Grossman, he wasn't the best quarterback, but he was an effective quarterback. I thought, well, I think Brian Ehrlich, I think he was at his prime. Lance Briggs, some of those guys. Um, Pat Tillman. I think that was a great recipe for success. I'm not sure now like if they're emulating that or like who's in charge or who's pulling the triggers or who's doing the evaluation process. So, um, oh, It says a lot think- that right
0: there when you say you don't even know. It tells you a lot because they, they've right. been switching around and trying. They don't know.
1: Right. Should Green Bay be concerned, though? I mean, that was a rough opener. Life without Devontae Adams is going to take a little while to sort out. Um, where do you see the Packers right now
2: and you know, that never-ending quest to get over the hump? I think they'll be OK. I think they get a young receiving core that, frankly, is wide eyed and googly eyed, probably a little scared because the rookies, let's, let's face it, let's be frank. When you're a rookie coming to the NFL, you're a little scared, you're a little nervous. He was like, man, I do not want to mess up. I do not want to be the guy who, like, ruins the game or this and that. They're just trying to skate by, trying to make sure they do good. And I was talking to Antonio Freeman at the alumni game, and he was saying that, that they just seem like robots out there. They seem like robots because they're, just li- they're listening to what the receiver coach is saying, not what A-Rod is saying, and they're not able to improvise a little bit. And, and that, that Don De me, I was like, that, that sounds about right because they're doing everything what they're, the coach is telling them to do instead of playing
0: football, right?
2: If you're at the park, you're playing football. But the fact that you got a coach –
0: and you got
2: so much investment. You're going to do everything the coach tells you. But the moment that they relax and they understand to let their talents take over and stop being so robotic is the day I think they're going to hang like 55 on Now, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. It's going to take A-Rod to kind of get into them a little bit. The receivers, coach, right, they got to mold them a little bit. And for them to get comfortable. I think that's just going to take time. I say it's going to take a whole year. They might start to get it within that year, but it's gonna at least take two. I can still
1: remember talking to one of the young wide receivers on on one of your teams. Maybe, yeah, you you would have been on this team, and he said that uh, Edgar Bennett was the wide receivers coach, and that Edgar at one point just told him, "All right, do do whatever Aaron says." Like he 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 told him like the route to run within a play, and the receiver was doing it, and Aaron got pissed off and said, "No." I want you to run it this way. And Eggers is like, all right, whatever he says, just just go do it. So it's – and it's like he, he struck that balance with the Jordy Nelsons and the Randall Cobbs and Devontae Adams, obviously, where they could just street ball it out there. I don't know if he could streetball with the young receivers, though. That That's where I kind of can empathize with being a robot. It's like yeah. they are so young. They don't have those built-in reps with, it, with Rodgers. And that's where it gets difficult, right, because that's when Rodgers says best. You're right. Like, oh, you see what I see? Let's just – audible and do whatever but yeah i don't know if they're gonna be able to get to that point
2: well i think everything everything is gonna be a work in progress i think just like all of us i think they're asked to do a, a really high standard job really demanding in front of thousands of people anxiety is a thing nervousness is gonna be a thing but i think at the end of the day they got to go win, win football games and all that anxiety stuff they got, that has to go away. And frankly, if they don't want to get it done and when a comes to him like, Hey, I need you to run this route. He's going to find somebody else who will. I guarantee that. I guarantee that. He's and so, so it's in that. his best interest. It's in his best interest to do what he says and catch the football. And he'll right? he'll make a name for himself they're giving out, giving out lifetime scholarships, as everybody knows, right? Devontae, they're giving out lifetime scholarships. If he can go out there and catch the ball.
0: I'm going to tell you who I know personally, and Tyler does a little bit, we covered this player, and I guarantee you he knows where to go, and he will catch the football is Sammy Watkins.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he he's, won't, he's,
0: not, he's not talented enough now to dominate, you know, on, on pure talent but he can certainly play a good role for them. I thought that showed uh, last night. It was good to see him get involved. Yeah. But that his, He does not drop the ball. Oh, right. I let me say it. They all drop him, but he, yeah. But
2: <laughs> that. Count, he that would be a rare thing. You can count yeah, on him. and Yeah, and Sammy Watkins, he's a savvy veteran that you definitely want on your team. I, I'm not sure if he can pick him up and put him down like he used to, but he yeah. definitely is effective. Um sure. knowing, knowing how to uh, find holes and manipulate the defense. Um, if, but if a DB, you know, if he stacks on top of a receiver, he still is dangerous. And I think that was a wise move by the front office to go ahead and make that move to bring, to bring in a savvy veteran to kind of teach some of the young bucks the, the ropes.
0: Are there any uh, corner safeties you just love watching right now on any team? Is there anybody that you're like, man, Or even on Green Bay like, like,
2: Um I like seeing Jair. Um Yeah. I mean that's a I I, I like seeing Jalen Ramsey. I don't I don't like when he's playing undisciplined. I think he, oh, we can have a cool. whole
0: Jalen Ramsey conversation. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like when like when he's good, he's really good. But right now at the beginning of the season he's not very good. Um but <laughs> um Xavier Bauman, he's 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 a decent corner down in um was it down in Miami? I think there's a. Yeah. uh there's in Howard? Atlanta, yeah. number twenty-four. Yeah. Terrell, Terrell, Terrell's good. Yeah, he's so Terrell. And uh, I want, I want to see, I want to see this kid Sauce Gardner.
0: Yeah, I like the way I he looks. I agree with you. I'm, I want to see him on tape a little more.
2: Yeah. He looks, man. He, he looks the part. Yeah, he does. I mean, name like Sauce, you you've sauce. got everything <laughs> going for you. You got the name, <laughs> the look. Now
0: you just got to play. You make a play, you're good now. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Deion um, Sanders says, "Look good, play good."
2: That's yeah, right. yeah. I like, uh, I like also Buda Baker. Oh yeah, Buddha Baker, small cat. Um, who else? Uh, yeah,
0: but you definitely pay attention though. It's class, I was curious yeah. to see if you have time to even like watch some guys, and, or you oh, know, yeah. just watch football in general. But, yeah,
2: right. You know, so coaching high school. I'm always trying to find – so they get tired of hearing my voice sometimes. Right, right. Yeah. And even that, even me being playing the NFL, they get tired of hearing my voice. So I'm like, you know what, Joe, you got you to gotta find another way to kind of get through the heads that playing discipline is cool. Because out there, they, they don't think discipline football is cool. They they want to, like, wear the swag and wear the wristband, but then they just want to do what they want to do. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. But if you do what you want to do, we're not going to win any football games. You're not going to any girls. You know what I'm saying? So and every 14-year-old 14, every fourteen year old boy is going to want the girl, right? And so that's my motivation. I'm like, hey, man, you want to get the picks? This is what you got to do. The picks, get the girls. The pick sixes, get the girls. The sack fumbles, scoop and score, get the girls. And so, I, so I, I get examples of NFL players doing it right. So they're like, oh, man, that's cool. And so it's like, see what I'm telling you? Like, now try it. And then they try, it, and it's like, oh, okay. So I'm I really trying, it really challenges me as a coach to kind of, you know, stretch my thinking like, how can I teach it a different way versus me just, you know, reiterating or echoing the same thing over and over again.
0: The reason veterans extend their careers is because you guys know what you're doing. But when the physical talent starts to slip just a little bit, you'd make up for it because you know what you're doing and you will make every team. I can't tell you how many times every meeting, every cut down meeting we've ever had in the NFL. It's just, that coach says, no, nah, I look, he's on, like, he knows everything. He's good. Like the, the you know, the GMs on the, you know, the skill that side. Jer- I mean, well, that's team- what I was going to say. We might be like, yeah. I don't know. He looks, he looks a step slow. You know, we, we think he might be a coach, but
2: nope, nope. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's okay. He's look, making it. He's playing.
2: Right, because when we lose that extra step, we make up for it in our cognitive ability. You know what I'm
0: saying? When I first started in Philadelphia, Troy Vincent, long-time corner, you know, great corner, drafted high corner. Yep. Made this transition to safety. Brilliant. I mean, he was football brilliant. Now you see him just on for the league. But that's when I was so – I was a young scout, and I was like, oh, wow. I thought Troy was done. Couldn't run. I'm like, wow, he just extended his career like another – just for that, yeah. yeah. You yeah, tell yeah. those guys that you can. This will take you a lot This will. Hey, let's keep that bank account looking all right.
2: Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Amen. Forty
0: time doesn't always keep the bank account. <laughs> <laughs> it sure
2: doesn't. It helps, but yeah.
0: Oh no, it might set you up for life. Might set you up for life. Yeah. For
2: life. yeah.
1: yeah there was Jared and right the blood and guts, the tight ends book. Um, I was hanging out with Tony Gonzalez. He definitely remembered 2013. Oh, when, he, you, when he was with Atlanta, Jared got in his head. He had the game-winning breakup on Gonzalez. And I remember you jawing in his ear and letting him hear it. So, like, right, right to the end, you were making plays.
2: In the snow, no doubt. I think, no right, doubt. No doubt. Hey, I'm, I'm never going to lose that competitive spirit. I mean, especially against that Hall of Famer. Especially against, yeah. Hello? Yeah. Especially against the Hall of Famer. You definitely want to rise up to the top. And and play your best. And so when I was like, oh, two, 24, you get 20 because I was like, Oh man, that's <laughs> such a blessing in disguise. Yeah. I was like, let's go. Let's go. I get the Hall of Famer. I was like, yeah, he's not gonna catch it. I'm gonna talk so much smack to him. And sure enough, yeah, man. I got I was like, Man, stop pushing off, man. Like, come on, man. Like, it's cause you D'd up. It's cause you D'd up. <laughs> but but to your point, Tyler, I think. Made I think that game 2013 and 2012, I think it was they came to us and they had to make the playoffs to win. If they won, they got to the playoffs. Was that the game? It was. It was I
1: think you were you were down to Matt Flynn. I mean, Aaron was out with his injury. I, I think, and it was in the
2: snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. So, in two minute drill, two minute drill. Um, Matt Ryan yeah. throws, a, throws a seven route, and I did my film study. You know what I'm saying? Just like any other savvy veteran, and I knew he's gonna throw the seven because they had to get out of bounds, right? So they they did the concept nine seven three, and just to run the seven, I think I forget it was um, Douglas. I forget his name. Harry the Douglas seat. was around, yeah. What was his name? Harry oh, okay, Douglas. Harry Douglas. Douglas. That was that was him. And he ran the he, was at the he was in the number three number three spot. He could run. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he could run. he could run. He could run. And and Matt Ryan threw it blind. Like as soon as he cut, he just threw it. And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's mine!" And I, and I caught it, ran to Sam Shields, and hey, we sealed the victory that day. Man, well, Jarrett,
1: can't thank you enough for for
2: hopping on here.
1: We talked a little earlier. You're, you're coaching today. Like, how is life after football for you? And, and where can people find
2: you? Man, so yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Twitter uh, under Jared Bush or Jer- JarrettBushMotivates.com. So I do speaking engagements. Uh, I do leadership workouts, uh, I tell my stories about just how how I about, about my failure failures and successes and um, just help motivate people if they're stuck in the rut or they're trying to start a business or they're just feeling deflated or they just need like a just a little motivation to kind of get over their hump of whatever they're going through,
0: I'm the guy to call.
1: You're <laughs> hard pressed to find a better player out there that just like, to offer those words of wisdom. Awesome to see you, man. It's been too long. Thanks so much for for hopping on, and let's let's do it again soon. Just just great to see you.
2: Hey, I'm one call and text away, my man. Love it. Awesome. I gotta
1: say, with the haircut, I thought Greg Jennings popped on real quick. I don't know if you've been getting that at all.
2: He had the it's the shaved side. I
1: was wondering what was going on. There.
2: I'm way better looking than that guy.
1: <laughs> agreed. Agreed. Awesome, man. Be good. Thanks so much, Jared. All right. Thanks again, guys. Fuck Fuck (laughs) Jared. All right. Later.